Everyone's cheering. It was a great time. The Red Sox fan hands the Red Sox jersey over to the Yankee fan, big man, who proceeds to light it on fire <laughs> in the middle of the stands until the security card comes running out going, what the f- Chris Hansen here, and I'm going to need you all to take a seat right over there and check out Birds like versus Boys. I think you're completely right here, and I hate it. Yep. Hey, idiots. Stop doing dumb things. I got two phones. Upside alert. Upside alert. I might go insane. I think you're already there. There's no hope. Hope Studio. is gone. If this was an AFC North podcast, we'd be done in 15 minutes. Bob Hope. I'm going to drink bleach. That is- be the team you promised me you were going to be this year. This is the Consciously Hopeful podcast. I'll be watching. Welcome to episode 67 of Birds vs. Boys. Football, Aiden, is back. The Dallas Cowboys reported to Oxnard, California this week. And if you're listening, we're recording Wednesday night. So you're probably listening or watching us on YouTube. On Thursday, the Cowboys start actual football practice today. Aiden, I'm all in. Welcome, by the way. Hello. How are you? Very excited. I have a lot to talk about. The Cowboys are back. I tweeted earlier this week. Football is here. The Cowboys are back, and I am all in on it. I'm going to let you run the show tonight because you are completely fired up. I kind of like it. I kind of like it. I'm in a joyous, joyous, upbeat mood. I feel like I'm kind of not getting back. My air conditioner works for this episode, so that helps. But I think you are are coming in strong, coming in hot, and I, I appreciate it. Well, I, you know, if you're watching on YouTube again, I have wired headphones today. Um, I don't want you to make old jokes and say, you know, I have AirPods are right here. Okay. I always twirl them in the episodes too while I'm talking. For some reason, my wife did something to the MacBook. They now won't connect. This is like three episodes in a row. Producer Vince is complaining there was an echo. So I had to get my you know, wired headphones from like 2004. Every, everyone comment on TikTok and just comment poor. Nothing else, just poor and old, and old. Like that kid, like that kid, not understanding any of my jokes when he was coming at me. And I was like, "It's it's your bedtime," and he's like, "It's five oh nine. Like, yeah. I think the Goodfellas thing, point. like, I feel like that's a, one of the few movies that spans across generations and didn't didn't get that. But no, I, oh well. just... all right. Um, before we get into the show and into the Cowboys, we need everybody to know. And Vince, maybe you could pull up the the BVB tweet from Sunday. Um, Aiden and I became best friends with a special someone Sunday night, and it was glorious. <laughs> I would I would love to have this this person on the show. I don't know if we'd talk about the Eagles or the Cowboys, but no. I think I think it would be fantastic. He, he, but he could we, be perfect, actually, like of us on like a talk show, sort of, and like him. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, he could be the moderator that we need in a yes. show between two rivals because that is his job, and we met Jerry Springer. <laughs> and he loves us. He shook oh. our hands and thanked us for taking a picture with him. It caught so all right. So we went to the Yankees game. Okay, let me rephrase that. Kevin had tickets to the Yankees game and invited me to go to the Yankees game, and, and I Vince. attended and, and had a phenomenal time. It was one of the two events where I've been back. Where I'm like, fans are back. We are back. Mm-hmm. It was when I went to the Sixers game when they closed against Washington in the playoffs. 
and Sunday night primetime Yankees Red Sox on national TV. Those two moments, I was like, we are officially back. In our row was Jerry Spring. <laughs> like, not even in the rut, like, three people away. I, yeah, I was about to say, like, within talking distance. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like he was seat 18 and we were row one no. or, or seat one. Like, he was literally, like, three seats down from me. <laughs> and Kevin was next to me. Go, He was going ham, too. He was cheering. He was screaming. Oh, he had his hands up at one point. Oh, it was fantastic. And you, you're right. So we talked to him, and then he reaches out to shake our hand, and it like caught me off guard. I was like, "How are you? Like, yeah, I'm supposed to be shaking your hand. You're the famous person here, not me." And he he must have taken 200 pictures of people. He took pictures with everybody. Nicest guy in the world. And then you know, he got put up on the jumbotron, which we were very we were very close. I've never been up there, but that was the closest I think I've ever been. Very close. Um, and then once the stadium knew he was there, it was just like Jerry Chant. There was this fight in the stands, and the Jerry Chant came out. It was it was magical. Also, I don't know if you and I have, have talked, conversated about this since it happened, but he goes up with a Jumbotron, so he knows it's time to leave because he's about to get flooded with pictures. We got our picture in the top of the second inning. like yeah. We knew right away who he was, got it done, and we were literally yeah. probably the first person to take a picture with him. Mm-hmm. But as he's leaving, the guy next to us goes, hey, everybody, <laughs> Jerry's leaving. And Jerry goes, no, no. <laughs> as he's walking up, he literally yelled. like He sounded like a child. It was like, no. <laughs> It was the most innocent no of all time. Like, he wasn't mad, but he's just like, oh, I had my perfect Irish goodbye. Yep. Yep. I say goodbye to one person because you have a small child and I wanted to be nice. He, like, gave us a wave. Yep. We we're like, okay, see ya. And he just wanted to walk up and the guy announces it's an entire section that he's leaving. And then he just, <laughs> the whole walk up the aisle was just people flooding him. Oh, it was it oh. was like that that Sports Illustrated cover photo of who is it, Doctor J or who is it, Moses Malone walking down um, <laughs> Broad Street yes. with all of the the Sixers fans behind him. That's what Jerry Springer looked like leaving the section. And then as soon as Jerry left, there was another more commotion in our section behind us in the aisle. Everyone's like, "What's going on?" It was this big, huge Yankee fan. With this like skinny Big, Red Sox like, physically, yeah, yeah, physically like massively massive human, and I was like, "What are they fighting?" Like, "Oh God, here we go! This dude's an idiot." So the big Yankee fan was paying the skinny little Red Sox kid to take off his shirt and put on the big fat man's Yankees jersey. So every he was like, "Okay, everyone's cheering." It was a great time. The Red Sox fan hands the Red Sox jersey over to the Yankee fan, big man, who proceeds to light it on fire (laughs) in the middle of the stands until the security card comes running out going, what the fuck are you doing? It was was a phenomenal fans are back moment where this guy tried to commit arson in front of 40,000 people and they're all chanting, let him stay, (laughs) as he's getting kicked out of the stadium for committing arson. We had a wonderful time. Fans are back. I it's back. <laughs> We're but I'll COVID. say this. I'll say this. You know how you ever been to a steakhouse when it's like uh oh fogo de chow, like a Brazilian steakhouse, mm-hmm. like where you flip the card over yep. and you get the meats and you're yep. looking at the meats and you're like, ooh, I like that one. Ooh, I like that one. But it, it, towards the end are the best ones. Mm-hmm. Fans are back. We've had some great moments. 
but the meets at the end are football. Like fully packed NFL stadiums are the last type of sliced meat you get on your table at Fogo to Chow. Oh, I'm so excited for that. And then and then like the Sunday with the ice cream and they light it on fire. Oh God. Yeah. What and legally allowed to light it yes, on fire. Exactly. Great moment. That was a just a phenomenal day of fans being back. It has me in a joyous mood. It has nothing to do with the Eagles, and it just has put me in in a great headspace going into tonight. So should we get into it? I guess yes, yes. I'm fired up. I'll start anywhere. I'll talk about anything. If well, I can survive Yankees Red Sox, I'll talk about anything. Well, I mean, you know that I've been here for glory hole days, <laughs> and I've been here for not glory hole days. Oh my God! So Cox, I want me some glory hole. Are we talks? Are we talking about a weekend in Amsterdam, or are we talking about a Jerry Jones press conference? Into both. <laughs> All right, we'll talk Cowboys because in, in a little bit, I have a ton to get to when it comes to the Cowboys. You have um, basically nothing to talk about when it comes to the Eagles. Nope. Um, but let's let's spin it around the NFL a little bit. Um, we haven't been doing this as much lately because, hey, let's face it, hasn't been that much going on the NFL overall, but things are happening, some good things, some bad things, and we're getting closer to training camp. So uh, one thing that did happen this week, unfortunately, was uh, Cam Akers going down for the Los Angeles Rams towards Achilles done for the year. I know you're upset fantasy-wise, and I think uh, – that that hurts them because he is he was turning into a bona fide star. So I I am upset for him because I thought he was going to have a breakout season. We had to do our fantasy draft like Fourth of July weekend. We we live all different places in the world right now. Literally, we got people in other countries uh, on the West Coast, down south in Atlanta, like everywhere, L.A., Israel. Pittsburgh, whatever. So we had to do it early. And that's the danger of doing it early is someone could tear their Achilles. I, like you, thought he was going to have a breakout season. I think that offense is going to be phenomenal with Matthew Stafford. I think they'll be fine. They like Henderson a lot. And he had some moments last year as well. But you could just kind of feel like Cam Akers take the reins of that yeah. backfield. Yep. So do you, do you think they kind of play it in-house here? Or do you think – I mean, there's – I don't want to say there's great running backs on the free agent market. There's names on the free agent market, right? Ty Gurley's <laughs> still there. Um, Fred, Frank Gore's there. Adrian Peterson's there. Le'Veon Bell is there. Do they go that route and bring one of those guys into camp? Or do they wait a couple weeks, see what they have in camp before they would have to bring in a veteran? Yeah, I think if they bring anybody in, it's for depth. You, you're not bringing any of those names you brought in. I know the name value is high, mm -hmm. but the talent level at this point is probably low. The most talked about name is probably Todd Gurley because he's played there before. I think the person with the most juice left in the tank, which is not saying much, is Le'Veon Bell. Mm -hmm. But I still think they're going to go with Henderson. I think that's the latest report I saw that they like who they have. It's just that they're going to be a little bit more depleted. So if they bring somebody in, it would be for depth. I would agree. I'd agree. I mean, I, I put a joking tweet out there that they should just sign Adrian Peterson, Todd Gurley, and Frank Gore and just have a three-headed veteran monster and give each guy just one down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Th then you actually have one whole running back if you sign all three. Can you, can you imagine if they did that and then <laughs> Hard Knocks is like, uh, we got to go. 
<laughs> they just move their way up California. Yeah, they do a special like crossover episode where they go back to LA, like checking. You know, on Shark Tank, they're like mm-hmm. checking in on this business yep. that they bought into last time. That'll be Hard Knocks was in LA last year, checking back in on LA where we were before. Jerry Jones is sitting back there, like what? He just starts signing people. Richard Sherman, he's like, come on back. Um, yeah, can't wait for that to happen. Oh God! All right. Um, speaking of signing, uh, we had a free agent signing. Uh, in Melvin Ingram with the Steelers. Uh, I love this signing. It's a one-year deal. He's coming off, obviously, a zero-sack season last year for the Chargers. He had the injury. I think he only played seven games. Um, But he's going to a situation where he's going to be across from T.J. Watt. He has the ability. I know he's getting there up in age. I think he's over 30, maybe 31, 32 now. But if he has any juice left in the tank, I think this is the perfect spot for him. Yeah, doesn't this just feel like a, a Pittsburgh signing yes. where they get a guy who's been productive in the past, uh, a great pass rusher back in, in uh, well, I was going to say San Diego, but literally actually San Diego because mm-hmm. that's when he did most of his damage yep. with the Chargers. Um, and now they're in L.A. But I think he's pretty good. I think that's a good signing. I think it's low risk, high reward. It adds depth to the position. They lost Bud Dupree this offseason. So why not add just some pass rushing depth? It's the stuff that good teams do, and that's what the Steelers do. They're just good. They're just good. Yeah, it's a it's a no-lose situation for the Steelers. If he's if he's non-productive, they can cut him. It's not that big of a deal. If he has eight to ten sacks, it's a Pro Bowl type signing. He is 32 years old. All right. That was close. Younger than me. So, still. Still um, younger than me. <laughs> and look, you got a lot left in the tank. Exactly. I could there hey, you go. I was I was doing legs there. I think I could I could be out there. Maybe slot receiver for two downs. <laughs> yeah. I'd practice. As long as they don't throw it to you. Yeah, as I say, yeah. as long as they don't throw it to you and you run the route and nothing else happens. Did I did I ever tell you that that kind of reminds me? Did I ever tell you about the time um I was playing in a in a extremely competitive flag football league? couple of years ago um, oh i think i, I love flag football. oh absolutely love it so in, in this league every game was filmed put online we had film study every stat was kept like it was it was legit so i played put corner. me put me in this league yes. i want in i want my stats kept i want a highlight tape i want it all I Put me I in could, this league. I could probably right go now. back um, and fine. Our one, my first team's name was PEDs. We were the performance enhancing drugs. But so I showed up one season, first game of the year. And so reverse a little bit. I dated a girl for hmm, seven, eight months. Okay. And she, before me, dated this guy who was a trainer at our gym, who before that, um, won the Super Bowl as a safety for the Patriots and also played at Penn State, who I was friend- very friendly with until he found out that I was now dating his ex-girlfriend and he no longer liked me at all. Like, it was a thing. I was a little fearful for my life. That's a little, a little Eskimo brother action. Exactly. You know, he was, and you want to talk about old, he's older than me. And I, and she was younger than me. So I was like, listen, she, you, okay. So I showed up the first game of the season. I was playing uh, slot receiver that game, and whose truck rolls up out of nowhere, and I had no idea he was on the other team? Him. That guy. Uh-huh. What's his name? 
I, you don't have to actually. Never mind. Don't I play. I can say it. I don't care. Sean Mayer. He played uh, for Penn State, and then he played for the Patriots. He played in NFL Europe. He's a big dude. Okay, he's safety. Um, so I, I ran a route, and I, I actually beat him on the route. Caught the ball. Next play, I ran an out route, and I dove for the ball, caught it, and he put his forearm so hard through my temple, I thought it was it. I was <laughs> I was done. I was like, okay. And he just stood over me and just like gave me a little and then walked away. I was like, <laughs> I'm dead. And this, I'm I was dead. already – at this point, too, I was already dating my now wife. So it was like a good year and a half after I dated that girl. And he – but this was his – so yeah, he, was he wasn't going to forget. Nope. He didn't. You're still, you getting your shot. <laughs> I forgot where I was for a minute at that moment, but yeah. So I don't know how we got there, but we got there just now. Flag football is very intense. I love it. it I had so much fun. college. It was just like all oh. the kids who didn't play college football yep. just played flag football. Yep. And it was like very intense. It was and just you like owe- a bunch of like fifth year seniors of high school. <laughs> And I remember rolling up in in freshman year of high school. I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm an athlete at public cross." I showed up at the, at that flag football thing, and I was like, "These some of these dudes." I'm like, "Jesus Christ!" Like yeah, the athletic and size and speed that they had. And I was going to say the speed thing. Like you think flag football, it's like, "Oh, we're going to run around and grab each other's flag." No, people are really fucking fast. <laughs> That's what I remember. Just everybody was still fast. Everyone played somewhere. They just weren't big enough to play at freaking D1 school. Fast. Fast, very fast. They were they were linear striders, all of them. Fast, very fast. Where I I do not remember where we were. You don't remember? No, I was I was doing our. Remember when we? Did no, no, the, no. I remember that part. I don't oh. remember how we got to this. I don't. Part. I don't remember either. But I'm just gonna move on to our next. Melvin Ingram. So yeah, Melvin, Melvin Ingram. Ingram yes. Great yeah. signing for the Steelers. <laughs> I think he'll be a good flag football player after his career is done as well. Oh. Um, and then last last player I have to talk about before we we move on is Fred Warner, linebacker for the 49ers, signs a five-year $95 million contract, $40.5 million guaranteed. He is now the highest paid linebacker in the league, which makes me excited because our guy Jeff Cavanaugh um, said that's who Jabril Cox reminds him of coming into the league. So excites me Cox. a little. There it is. Um, but what do you think about this? It, it, I, you know, he had his money coming to him. Yeah, so probably well-deserved. Um, probably worth the contract. I The 49ers are going to come up later in the episode, just foreshadowing for something completely unrelated. But I, uh, yeah, give a shout-out to Chase here, Chase. who was, was working on today. He does great work for the 49ers now. I don't know if you guys have been seeing that, but yes, Chase has been on the show a few times. Um, Highest-paid inside linebacker in the NFL – like I said, probably well-deserved. Uh, great head for the ball. Great on the 49ers defense. I think the 49ers are actually going to be pretty good this year. I know I they don't have the quarterback thing figured out, but everything else they do. That division is going to be so much fun. Mm-hmm. So much yeah. fun. Yeah. I don't think much changes in terms of the divisions. Like I think the divisions that were good last year are going to be good this year, and the divisions that were bad last year are going to be bad again this year. I don't think much has changed. Are you talking about one NFC East? Division? I don't think it'll be that. I think it'll be better. Yeah, but it will not be the NFC West. That is for sure. So there's there's barring, one barring injury. There's one linebacker I'm thinking of right now who hasn't gotten his payday yet, who's probably going to be the first inside linebacker to break a hundred million dollar contract. You know what I'm thinking of? 
Well, who signed? There were two linebackers who signed today. Who was the other linebacker who signed? It's gonna. It was Fred Warner, uh-huh. Darius Leonard. Darius Leonard signed today as well. Oh, he did sign. That's who I was thinking yes. of. Oh, okay. Yeah, he signed. Really. Nineteen million a year for four years. So you were wow. close. Four years, eighty million. So if he had a fifth year, that would be a hundred. Yep. You were right. Okay. All right. Yeah. So he, but it was it was literally happening at the same time. It was within the hour that Fred Warner and Darius Leonard both signed their contract extensions. So today was the day the of birds versus boys. Yeah, I was about to say, maybe it's the same agent. He's like, all right, we're, mm-hmm. we're going to get on a conference call, and everyone's just got to knock this out right now. But today was the day of linebacker signings. Love it. I love Darius Leonard. He's a he's an animal. Tackling machine. I love him. Tackling fuel. All right. Now, now that I have to care about the Colts, I'm all in on him. Oh. I am uh, the Colts are my my sleeper team as well, and I'm excited once we get closer to the season to do our predictions like we did last year. Um, speaking of last year, next week will be our one year anniversary birthday party, so it's an episode you're not gonna want to miss. <laughs> It'll be a little bit ridiculous, Vince. It's I just, expect honestly, a birthday cake. Yes. Oh, though, though there will be birthday festivities. Yes, Carvel ice cream cake. Yes, we might have we might have to do this one together somehow. We can make that happen. I I have my microchip. Mm-hmm. Me too. I know well, we might have well. to. Yeah, I think we're all right. We'll have to. We'll talk about that off air. Um, all right. I know we wanted to talk a little bit about the a couple free agents that are left, but I think you wanted to bleed that into the Eagles, correct? Well, yeah, because I think there's only there's not much going on with the Eagles right now. Let's knock it all out, and I can mm-hmm. knock it out in 60 seconds since we wanted to talk about Jerry Springer instead. Uh, the banner. Yes, they put a banner up. Who cares? I cannot wait to be done talking about this stupid banner on the side. Uh, they put up the championship trophy. People are like, oh, that's so petty because uh, they put up Nick Foles and he replaced Wentz again. How did the Eagles not see that joke coming? Like, can I just be common sense director of the Eagles and just save them from all of the times that they put their foot in their mouth? Um, They tried to make it just the trophy. Obviously, we know who's holding the trophy. It's Nick Foles. You guys are idiots. Let me be common sense director. Uh, Zach Ertz probably now staying with the team. We'll see. He's been around the facility. He's been working out there. Turns out not traded to the Bills yet. We'll still see, though, on that. It doesn't really make sense to have a guy on the team making $8.5 million when you have to figure out if your backup tight end is going to get an extension. And then lastly, Steven Nelson, who is the, I would say, the most coveted free agent left because it's not just the Eagles looking at him. I believe the Cowboys were interested at one point, too. Uh, There's a they few. should be. They should be, yeah. Everyone who needs a cornerback, too, should probably be looking at this guy. And he tweeted out yesterday either today or tomorrow, just that phrase, meaning he was going to sign. Uh, As of recording, it hasn't been today. It hasn't been yesterday. So Maybe it's tomorrow. Maybe it is tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow. So he is the coveted free agent. If we're talking free agents left, he's the guy Eagles fans have been honed in on for months. It seems to be coming to an end here as we get into training camp. The sweepstakes is over. We'll see if they're able to pull it off, if they want to pull it off. Hey, tomorrow, first day of camp practice for the Dallas Cowboys, so what better day to sign? Yeah, sign, get on the plane, grab your helmet, and go. Um, I, I would love him to sign with Dallas. If he could not, my other free agent I would love to see in Dallas would be Geno Atkins. He just actually got cleared off the injury from 
the Cowboys doctors. That's who we're uh, putting him through. So not saying he's going to be the Geno Atkins of old. He was an absolute stud when he was in his complete prime. I I, I hated that he had to have his – whenever there's great players like him and A.J. Green, I just hate when they're stuck in, you know, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yeah, it's just terrible. That's why they should have gave us Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. And Joe Burrow should be somewhere else as well. But I think he would be a perfect addition to the Cowboys' defensive line. He could take pressure off some of the young guys – teach guys like Neville Gallimore and Bohanna and, you know, all those young guys that they're counting on and just teach them how to be pros and, and coach them up on the, on the little things that make him a great player while also hopefully producing a bit. So I would love to see Geno Atkins and I don't, I don't think he would come at that high of a price as well. Not at this point as we, as we creep into training camp and also just like it, it, depth wise they have their depth he, he wouldn't be getting a lot of reps anyways so mm-hmm. you don't really even have to expect the geno atkins of old when he was in cincinnati because you know you're not getting that but you don't need that either nope. so i agree i think that would be a good signing for them we'll see if it happens me hearing that he got cleared by the cowboys doctors tells me that they have a leg up on signing him mm-hmm. because if they don't sign him, every other team is going to be like, "What's what's wrong?" Yeah, like you, you cleared him, but you don't want him. Like, I, so I think the Cowboys kind of have a leg up there. They can kind of do whatever they want to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So is it my it's my time to shine here? My it is your time. Your t- it is your time to shine. You have been you've been fired up all day. I uh, I am. I'm excited. So. It just it just feels different, right? Last year was so strange. Um, I I love when training camp starts because it's it's just a fresh start for everybody. You and I always say we love seeing clips of guys working out when they're on the fields and mini camps and OTAs, but it's it's just ratcheted up a little bit when they're at actual training camp. They're back in Oxnard. Hard knocks is coming. I I hate that Hard Knocks is there, but I love it at the same time. I'm not going to lie. I can't say, you know, if someone's like, are you excited for Hard Knocks for the Cowboys to be on? What am I going to say? No. Of course I'm excited to watch them on Hard Knocks. It's great for content purposes of the show. 100%. Silver lining. <laughs> 100%. I mean, I was texting with you guys joking around yesterday about some of the content lines that you can, you can make them up so easily with that music in the background, too. It's just... It's going to be so much fun, and you be you're able to to kind of hone in on guys in the squad and players that you know are on the lower end because they always you know they're going to hone in on the kid from Oregon State, right? The the cornerback that they took from Nashawn Wright, last, yeah, Nashawn Wright. You know he's going to be a huge part of this. So, yes, I'm excited for Hard Knocks. So. Some things I put together here um, for camp. Two two little lists I did. I did, and I'm gonna let you choose which one I do first. Eight. Top okay. five guys on the Cowboys, not named Dak Prescott, that I'm most intrigued and excited to see at camp. And five pre-camp veteran guys that are right on the cut bubble that I think could get cut. Do the ones you're excited about first, and then we'll do cut bubble. Okay. Um, so I'll go down from five to one of excitement level. So number five 
is Keanu Neal. Um, I've always been intrigued by him. I thought he was a great player for Atlanta. So he's coming off an injury. I want to see how that works out. He's switching jerseys, obviously, and positions. So they have him wearing number 42. Obviously, he can't wear 22 in Dallas. And he's going to be working out with the linebackers. So he's trying to fit in with this linebacking core who has a ton of names, obviously, with Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esch and now Micah Parsons and Jabril Cox. You you sleeping? I know he's over there on his phone. Um, so I, I'm very interested to see how they have him playing, what he looks like, and, and I think he's just he's a football player, and I love dudes that just knock guys around, and that's who he is. I am intrigued by it as a fan because I think Rover is the position of the mm-hmm. future in the NFL. Rover is when you are a combination of safety, strong safety and linebacker so you can play up you can play back you can cover in the in the passing game you have to make tackles around the line of scrimmage with this day and age with the evolution of the tight end and just the evolution of the game as we get more and more into a passing situation where these linebackers who wear the neck protectors and stuff like that like that those days are long gone Mm -hmm. so rovers are the position of the future and keanu neal is a good example of that Perfectly. Couldn't say it even better myself. Um, number four is Trevon Diggs, the second-year cornerback who is being thrust into the spotlight of expected to be cornerback number one for the Cowboys here. Um, the fan base is elated about him. I think in a... Why? Yeah, that's the... I don't know. Um, he had He played well last year, but he didn't play great. I know he went up against some of the best wide receivers in the league, and they kind of just threw him out there, and he held his own at times, but he got majorly exposed at other times. So he needs to take a major step in year two. Um, the secondary we know is just is not going to be the strong suit of the team, but how can he hold down that cornerback one position across from a, a rookie in boss man fat probably and then you have guys um i refuse to call him kelvin joseph it's boss man fat um and then with guys like you know um anthony brown and jordan lewis who have just been veteran guys that are just mm. so i'm very interested think- to see how where he brings his game in year two yeah I think they're doing that kid a huge disservice. I really do. I I think it stunts your development when you're constantly being thrust on an island as a young kid. You're not learning. You're just trying to survive. I think it's a huge disservice. But, yeah, I mean, it is one guy you probably want to keep an eye on. So give me your top three then. All right. uh, Randy Gregory is three. Obviously, I've said the Cowboys are are counting on him big time. He's going to be across from D-Law. On the other side, he's completely healthy. He doesn't have the drug issues. They need him to play at a Pro Bowl-esque level. People are saying he is motivated physically, mentally. He's ready to go. It's a contract year. He has all the talent in the world, all the speed in the world. Can he put it all together? And I can't wait to see if he starts to answer that question in camp. Is this is this his first time? Uh, I believe it is. So I'm, it's just like a rhetorical question. Playing back-to-back seasons without a suspension. I believe I'm so, yes. almost positive that it is. 
was he what he wasn't there all last season. I think he was suspended in the beginning of the season. Yeah, then um, he missed the first yeah. six games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is his first time. Yeah. Like, going back. Yes, finishing and then going right back into the season. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Two for me. CD Lamb, baby. I knew uh, his name was coming up. <laughs> had to be. How how can you not be excited to see what he does from year one to year two? The pictures coming out that he's been posting of himself, the amount of muscle, lean muscle mass he's put on, he looks like he was in the gym and running routes all off season. I, I'm so excited. I said on the show, I think he has a chance to be wide receiver number one for the Cowboys this year. Even though Amari Cooper's there, I think he has a chance to be a top five receiver in the entire league. Um, everybody saw what Justin Jefferson did last year. Look at this right there. Love that. Vince, a, a, a plus on the, on the artwork that you've been doing. And the Cowboys will still only win eight games. Thank you and shout out to Today in Sports for that one. But I, I think he is going to be a baller. And Aiden, I know you are still in love with him as well. This is like the one that got away but never leaves your heart. It'd be like if if you she got away, you had a crush on her for every, every movie is like this. Where uh what was the movie with Jim Krasinski in it? And they go to the to the Hamptons or whatever, and she's in love with with the other guy. Um the the one like you have a crush on her and then she's she's dating somebody else. Yep. And they're so, on Instagram, so you see it every week. It's like the song That's, Jesse's girl. Sure. You don't know that song? Um, I mean, I've heard of it, but I'm also 25. Yeah. So, well, you didn't have like 80s parties in college, or do you have like no. 90s parties? Yeah, 90s parties. No. We listened to Trap Queen by Fetty Wap yeah. 60 straight times. <laughs> I still listen to Trap Queen by Fetty Wap. That's my, that's my gym. Right here, hold on. I'm going to do this because you call, I always am call, called old. Oh, uh, guys, just heads up. This will take a while. He has Pandora, so yep, we're going to have to do oh. with the commercials first. Fetty Wap, first one up there. Fetty, Fetty Wap Radio. Radio. Amen. Wow. That is, that is my gym, my gym mix. Wow. That is uh, that is an interesting mix. That is not what I was going <laughs> to suspect would be your number one gym mix is Fetty Wap Radio. <laughs> Amen, baby. Let's go. Wow. All right. That's incredible. But anyway, yeah, CD Lamb. So I've said this before, and your your point there just strengthens it with uh, him working in the in the gym to put on lean muscle. Despite playing different positions, he reminds me of Alvin Kamara, where they have a wiry frame, but it's basically all muscle. So yep. they kind of bounce off people. They're really tough to tackle. Yep. He's going to be a stud. Um, any guesses for my number one? I get, my easy guess is Micah. Um, second dark horse is probably Tony Pollard. Because we've talked about this before, maybe becoming RB one, even though there's some shock value to that. I mean, it's Micah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It has to be Micah. He's the number one pick. Uh, I, I, how could you not be excited talking about Rover? That's exactly what he is as well. He can go after the quarterback. He can drop. He can tackle. I think he has a has the chance to turn into a Brian Erlacher esque type linebacker and if he can keep jalen smith off the field um that'll excite me he's just gonna tackle everything you're gonna have to deal with some points where he's young and inexperienced and he overplays shit but he's just gonna he's always gonna be around the ball in every single possession yep so those are my five guys that i'm excited for i i won't put too much 
uh, explanation in these next five. I'll just kind of rattle off the names and Vince can keep track of this and, and when and if any of these guys get cut, I will give myself credit. Um, so <laughs> Tristan Hill at five. This coaching staff did not draft him. Um, he's going into year three. He was productive last season in the beginning of the year, but then he got hurt. So we'll see what he can do in camp. But they they brought in a lot of guys uh, through free agency, uh, like Brent Urban from Chicago, and then they invested a lot in the draft and defensive tackles. So we'll see. Uh, Carlos Watkins, another defensive tackle that they got from Houston. I think with what they drafted, we'll see. Uh, you know, uh, he's not a, a top priority, but he's a veteran. Cooper Rush, obviously, there's a quarterback battle. Who's going to be the the number two? It's Cooper Rush. It's Ben Danucci. It's playing. It's Gilbert. So we'll see. But I think Cooper Rush is kind of on his way out of the league as it is. Jerron Curse does nothing for me. The safety. I think he played for the Jets. They were start. He was starting at safety a little bit. No, thank you. And then my guy, Darian Thompson. I mean, he's got to go. We got to do <laughs> time. Okay. Goodbye. It's it's enough. We did that project and we failed the project. It's like when you make the volcano thing and, and you put zero effort into it. And some of these kids' volcanoes look really cool and their parents help them paint it. And it looks like rocks. And you took like a couple toilet paper rollers and put it up there and then just put some like red paper on the outside it looks yeah, yeah. We, we you failed the project it's over just a little paper mache on top and that's yep. about it that's it other kids have the shit spitting out nope you nope. failed. <laughs> mm-hmm. i think so, that's uh, i i should i should have known number one on both lists excited <laughs> and needs to be cut so yeah so i i am i'm super excited i, I our guys are all out there um 105.3 the fan who you know i love all their shows are in Oxnard. They they had Brad Sham on today, the voice of the Dallas Cowboys. Our guy Kyle Yeomans is out there. They're going to be interviewing players. It's just the access that the Cowboys give you is almost too much sometimes. They actually were doing a, a scouting show in the middle of training camp where they were like giving so much information and other teams admitted to watching said show to scout them. And they literally had to stop the show like mid mid training camp because they're like guys uh we can't give this much information out so the access <laughs> that you get as a cowboys fan is incredible and i will obviously be bringing as much of that information to you guys um who listen and, and watch us and hopefully who knows we might be able to, to try and get one of the one or two of those guys who are out of camp on birds versus boys while they're out there so i'm excited i'll t- i'll take it one step further we're going on our one year anniversary Next week, I yep. hope by year two or three, we're just out there. Absolutely. How funny would that be if we we spent like the first two weeks of camp in Oxnard and then the next two weeks at the Novacare Center? Yeah, Novacare is different because it's like I don't know how to describe it. It's just like a normal practice. They yeah, don't have that, like a different. They don't like if it were Lehigh. Absolutely. Yes. I would tell. I would do. I would do shows with the fans in the Lehigh parking lot every single morning if I could. But they've turned it into just like training camp is just practice. So it and doesn't that, have that same vibe. And that's exactly what I was talking about last year with the Cowboys. They were at the Ford Center. They were at the Star doing it. And it was just like, it was practice. That's that's all yeah. it was. This, you know, they have all the fans there. And the, the, the players are running out to practice. And they're signing. It's just, it's a show on top of getting ready for the season. 
So um, one other thing I wanted to do that we thought would be fun. If you are hockey fans or if you're not, there is an expansion draft. And it's actually going on right now as we're recording. Um, so the NHL is expanding. There's, they're adding the Seattle Kraken next year. So they're doing an expansion draft, which means that they can pluck players from other NHL teams to build their roster. But teams are allowed to protect players who they do not want the other team to take. So we're going to do a list of the players that we would protect on the Cowboys and the Eagles. We're going to do one quarterback, one running back, one receiver, two offensive linemen, one tight end, two defensive linemen, one linebacker, and two secondary players. No, we're not doing kickers or punters because you can find them anywhere. So we can start at the top. I'll let you go first. Who on the Philadelphia Eagles in expansion draft would you protect at quarterback? Um, <laughs> uh, today, don't say Nick Foles. I would not. Today, Jalen Hurts in six months, <laughs> uh, Deshaun Watson. <laughs> it could be. Could be. In April, I would like to protect Deshaun Watson. Can you protect futures? Yes. Is that possible? Sure. Can, why I, not? can I protect Deshaun Watson from Houston? So that he doesn't go to the Seattle Kraken to the expansion team. Yes. Can yes, I do that? Can. Okay, yes, good. We, this All is right. our show. We can do whatever we want. Hell yeah. Also, <laughs> the idea of the expansion draft, while annoying that you're losing a player, is very cool. It I is. think this is this is, has me interested in the NHL, which is my fourth of the big four. I've been watching golf more than I was watching mm-hmm. hockey. Um, I, I was explaining it to my wife, and she was like, so do the players get to like choose? I'm like, no. No, they just get plucked. Yeah, bye. You now live in Seattle. You, but the the concept, as you mentioned, is you get to protect certain people. Mm -hmm. So, like Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby are not going to end up in Seattle. Can you imagine, like, just badly run teams and they just forget to get like the paperwork in on like their best player? Also, that, yeah, that would be hilarious. That would be the Detroit Lions. 100 yeah. times out of 100, they would forget the and – then, And then the expansion team would be like, well, we weren't going to take anybody anyway. <laughs> can, we, can we just skip your team and take two off another team? And also, <laughs> I've always thought that a fantasy draft for one year where you just shake up the entire league and do oh. a fantasy draft and just redraft your team based on everybody in the league would be awesome. That's It'll the best. never happen. When you do Madden and you do like the fan, like you're starting a franchise oh, and you do, and then yes. there's just, you like look at the teams you're playing against, you're like, oh my God, that's, that's actually a really fun team. And it's like, <laughs> there have been, there have been times where I would do that and not even play the season. Yep. I just wanted to do the draft. Yeah. Yep. I've been there. <laughs> I just enjoyed, I just enjoy the draft aspect of it. Um, but yeah, so Hertz is the easy answer. Stick, bear with me because if, there was an expansion team next year. It might be Deshaun Watson. All right, I know. I know you. You might think I'm going to go with Ben DiNucci, but I think I'm going to stick with Dak Prescott here and protect him. I think that's the smart move to do. Um, I'm sorry, Ben. You may be the starting quarterback of the Seattle Kraken next year. Yes. Uh, well, you know what? He gets a chance to. He gets a chance to start. Exactly. All right. Who are you protecting at running back? Miles Sanders. He's still young. He's still got some years left. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're we're angling towards a, a big breakout season for him. It was him and Cam Akers are the two guys that I won in my fantasy draft. I didn't yeah. get either one. And Najee Harris, but I didn't get it all three. 
I, I am. I think Miles has a chance, especially with the Nick Sirianni offense, to to do what he's very good at and be yes. very good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, I am protecting Tony Pollard. Oh, he's ooh. younger. He has juice. If the Seattle Kraken want to go after an old wily veteran to sell tickets who doesn't have the speed anymore, take the money off my plate. Take Zeke. I want I was to protect about to Pollard. S- Yep, I was about to say. So reading up on what's going on with the Flyers, they're like dangling high mm-hmm. priced contracts because they're trying to clear up cap space. So they were leaving some of the more talented players unprotected on purpose so that they could clear their cap hits. Yep. That sounds like what you're doing and a good strategy with Zeke. Please take his cap hit and it'll yep. just create cap space for my team. Thank you very much. And I have Tony Pollard. Yes, exactly. All right, give me your wide receiver. That this is gonna be interesting. Devonte Smith has to be. Let's. <laughs> I don't even have to provide a reason. Devonte Smith, and that's kind of the same thing. What I'm doing with CD Lamb. Yep, has to be. Yep, it's same strategy too. Where yes, you could make the argument is Amari Cooper the better receiver right now? Probably yes, mm-hmm. but you're projecting towards the future. You probably have six to seven years left of CD Lamb. Yep. How many do you have left of Amari Cooper? Also, look at contract hits. One's yep. on their rookie contract. The other one is owed, has a $100 million contract. And I know he's getting, he's about halfway through and they can cut him after this year if they need to. Yep. But let that be somebody else's problem to figure out. But yeah, you would still have going into this year, four years left of CeeDee Lamb on a rookie deal. Exactly. Yep. So that makes sense. That's, that's good strategy by you. All right. Let's go tight end. Dallas Goddard. Same kind of logic applies. Um, he's younger. He's ang- he's still in a rookie deal, but you have to extend him pretty soon. There's been rumors all offseason that the Eagles are trying to trade to Zach Ertz. The trade to Buffalo has not happened yet. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he'll one end day. Up with the Kraken. Yeah, maybe he'll end up with the Kraken. Um, so I'm keeping Goddard. Uh, same sort of thing. I'm going Blake Jarwin. He's obviously coming off the ACL tear. When he was healthy, he looked like an animal. Um He's an athletic freak. He's already signed. You you signed him to a deal. It's not overly crazy money-wise. So uh, I'm excited to see what he can do. Yes, Dalton Schultz had a great season last year. So if the Kraken took him from you, you might be upset. But I think Blake Jarwin is the right choice to protect here. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. We're going to do offense alignment. Why don't you do both of your offense alignment, and then I'll do both of mine. Okay. This is where mine get interesting because I think some of these have been obvious so far, but this is where it gets interesting. Mm-hmm. At first, I have Lane Johnson. I think tackle, aside from quarterback, is the most important position on the field. He's been fantastic. He's still got a few years left in the tank. He has been great when he is healthy, um, and he should hopefully be healthy this season. And here's where it gets interesting. The other guy that I had was Landon Dickerson. I know that's pretty crazy because they just drafted him, but I'm trying to project for the future. Mm-hmm. This kid probably is a guard, a starting guard, or a center, or both, depending where you need him. Um, you expect him to be really good. Brandon Brooks is 31. He's had severe injuries um, and a big cap hit. So I'm trying to project who do I keep. It would be between like Lane Johnson and Brandon Brooks, who I would keep, but I know I'm keeping Landon Dickerson as the other one. No, I like that. Again, this is a strategy. It's not. It's it's kind of like what we were talking about with the free agents before. There's bigger names there, but they don't project out. 
yeah, you're not trying to keep the biggest names. You're trying to you're trying to strategize this. So that's that's where I land on that. All right, my my two are Zach Martin and Lyle Collins. Zach Martin is a top two guard in the league. Some argue that he may be the best guard in the league. I think it's he's right there one one a. Um, and the other thing is he can you can kick him out and play him a tackle. He did it this past year, so you could have Zach Martin at left tackle, Lyle Collins at right tackle, and then build the inside. If you lose any of those guys, I I love Tyron Smith. I really do, but I'm not protecting a guy who's in the later end of his career who never plays 16, who has back injuries. If they want to take him and have a veteran leader, I mean, congratulations. Thank you for everything you've done for us. But I'm going to stick with the younger guy in Lyle Collins who Mm -hmm. has the, the bigger upside going forward. And I mean, there's, I mean, I'm just not letting Zach Martin go. So yeah, that, yeah, that, that's an untouchable. That might be maybe aside from Dak, the biggest untouchable on the team. Yes. hundred oh, percent. That's what I thought. Yep. He was, it was funny because there were people always taught like, would you trade him for X? Would you? No, no, no. no. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, there was even fans that were talking about putting him in a trade for Jamal Adams. No. Can you imagine if they did that now? Like, get the fuck. No. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Imagine no. how bad that line would have been oh, without him. God. And he got hurt. And then it was, oh, I don't even want to talk that about it. That was even worse. Yeah. All right. Let's 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 flip lines here and go to defensive line. So you can keep two defensive linemen. They could be tackles. They could be ends, whatever you want them to be. Okay. So the first one I did is Fletcher Cox. Cox. This- uh, of course, uh, should have saw that one coming. So I know he's getting older. I know he has a big cap hit, but just looking at who you should protect, he's still the most talented player on your defensive side of the ball. Uh, still an impact player. So you keep him around. You don't have to shed. It's not entirely to shed salary. I'd keep Fletcher Cox around. And there was actually articles this week. Should you trade him? And I don't think you should. I get it. He has a big cap hit, but you need talent at some <laughs> at some place on the field. You have to have talent. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also the other one that I put is Josh Sweat. I think he was great last year in terms of like efficiency and reps, like his quarterback rushes. He was at a, a point where he had a better season than Jadavion Clowney for $14 million less. Wow. It was pretty remarkable before they shut Clowney down. Um, he had a great year. I know that they say he's limited because of his knee history. He had two like serious surgeries before he even made it to Florida State. He actually just tweeted and like subtweeted Jeff Mosher, which I thought was weird, and saying my knee's totally fine. I can go as long as they need me to. Um, so maybe it's just recency bias because I saw that tweet today before we did the show. But I'm keeping Josh Sweat. I like it. I think it's smart. And he, uh, what didn't they say who who was saying his practice jersey needed to go to Canton? Oh, oh yeah, that one training camp when they did yeah. the live training camp, and oh, who was the oh uh, Matt Pryor? Yeah, he just destroyed him. Yep, and, yep, yeah. Uh, that that's another day where I think we don't have to do the Wentz thing right now. I think that's another day where Wentz was like, "Yeah, I'm I'm done. Like yeah. I'm just out of here." Yeah, <laughs> like him here. getting killed in a practice by Josh Sweat. I think yeah, he, he was, was just like, this is this is yeah. not going to be out of here. a fun time. Yeah. All right, I am protecting my two defensive ends, Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory. Um, I think those are obvious ones. You can build the inside. They're all younger guys. A lot of them probably won't be taken, but you need to keep the 
skill of Demarcus Lawrence, the leadership that he brings, and then the major upside of Randy Gregory. Because I think if you don't protect both of them, they're both gone. If you don't protect one of them, one of them's gone. So I think those are the type of guys you have to protect and you have to build your defensive line around. I uh, I thought it would be funny if you if you didn't protect Randy Gregory after saying he was one of the top five guys we were excited for this year. Oh, that would have been uh, a foot in my mouth. I thought that would have been funny. But, yeah, I think that's a smart move. Have to. All right, uh, one linebacker. Uh, okay, one linebacker. I would like to expand the expansion draft here. I would like to make sure that less than one linebacker is protected. I would like them all to be unprotected, and I would welcome the Seattle Kraken to take more than one. Would you actually like pay them to take all of them? Please take them. Just you know what? If you if you if another team like I know Las Vegas, so if you're unfamiliar with the NHL thing, Las Vegas put something, and your your uh, brother-in-law explained this to us, and this was fascinating to me. When they became an expansion team, Las Vegas Knights, they put something in their contract stipulation that says, next expansion team after us, because we're young as a franchise, you can't take from us. It has to be from every other team. We're not part of the next expansion draft. Yeah. So let's say that happened in the NFL, and you have to double dip. Feel free to double dip yeah. on the Eagles linebackers and take two to make up for that other team. <laughs> Yeah, I, who would you? I, yeah, no, there's nobody. Alex Singleton, probably, but yeah, you know, that's that's yeah, and Sean Bradley because he went to Temple and it there can it play is. special teams, but aside from that, no, <laughs> no, if you're forced, if you're forced to protect, if I was forced to protect, uh, I think there's only one answer here, and it's Micah Parsons. You just took him in the first round. His athleticism and his upside are unbelievable. So. Um, yeah, if you would like to take any of the other linebackers on our team, besides somebody else I drafted this year, um, named Jabril Cox, I would be upset about that, but you could take Jalen Smith or Leighton Van Der Esch, but yeah, I'm protecting Micah. Yeah. You're in the position I am. Please take this person. <laughs> um, all right. You get two secondary players and then we are done protecting. All right, so I have Darius Slay and Rodney McLeod. I know there's no strategy to this where it's like, oh, they're younger, projecting upside. Oh, let's save some money here. No, these are just the two best guys in the secondary. They've been leaders of the team. They've been veterans on the team, kind of where the young guys rally around them. Darius Slay has been a top 10 uh, cornerback in the league for quite some time. And Rodney McLeod's a really good safety. So I'm just keeping the two best things that there are in that secondary, and there's not much else there that any team would really want. Same with me, sort of. I'm going Trayvon Diggs and Boss Man Fat. The upside, you have to play the, the young upside card. There's nobody else um, unless I can put Keon O'Neal in there, maybe. Um, but he's uh, kind of sort of on the back end ooh, of his career. I'm, That's a uh, tricky workaround that you might right? it, I think it's a I good could, idea. If I could, I might do that. But, I mean, Trayvon is going into his second year. Boss Man Fat is a rookie. They say he has all the traits to be a lockdown corner. So uh, I'm not protecting, you know, the other guys in the secondary because <laughs> it's just that, no. So these are the two 
highest upside guys you have in the secondary. So it's, you know, kind of the no brainer that that's who I have to protect. That was a very good idea. I, I love the idea of the expansion draft. It's something, even though it's the NHL and it's not our angle, we were still very interested in it. I think that was a good idea to see who we would protect and strategize to protect yeah, with our two fun. teams. That was fun. Um, all right. So we've been cutting it up. Our teams, NFL. Is it, I mean, is it time to bring Vince in to, uh, to do I it? Believe, I believe it is time. So I'll bring Vince in here. Hello, so, Vincent. So um, we're going to do our TikTok. We've been uh, getting sort of hammered on TikTok with fans lately. Thank you for your comments. Always appreciated. I, I am living out the meme, why are you booing me? I'm right. Like, that, <laughs> I refuse to admit that I'm wrong. The Tom Brady thing, I will not I, admit that I'm wrong. He has six Super Bowls. He just beat Aaron Rodgers. He just beat Patrick Mahomes. I refuse. He just threw for 40 touchdowns. He just – yeah, why – and it wasn't even the – they struggled out of the gate, but it wasn't even really him. Yeah. We what the hell? I, I don't understand. It's, and it's the young kids, like, man. Uh, yeah. You guys are 12 and you missed half uh, you missed like the year where he just threw bombs to Randy Moss. Yeah. And I know it's projecting towards the future for top five quarterbacks, but you're wrong. Just be wrong. Just yeah. shut up and be wrong. And the best one, they're like, all these lists are trash. And then we're like, okay, what's your list? And there's and like it's the same one list. person in <laughs> my list. It's usually the kid, had, list, yeah. the kid who had my list, like he had, he added Tannehill, right? And like yep. flipped one guy for another. Like Stafford was flipped with like Dak or something like that. And we had the same list. Yeah, he, I, spo- moved- I, think I, I think I responded to that one. Like, so you moved the greatest quarterback of all time down five spots and you added Ryan Tannehill. That's the only difference. Yes, that's exactly yeah. what it was. Nope. I don't get the Tom Brady thing. And, and these kids also are too young to remember – Miami Ryan Tannehill, which is, they, this uh, is just that. And guys, he was a wide receiver in college. That was awesome, though. It was. They were just like, they, "All right, you're going to play quarterback." And yeah, and the then NFL. he was like, "Okay, I guess I'll just go be first round, yeah, quarterback." Yeah. Now. Well, the reason, okay. the reason Ryan Tannehill might look really good is because of what we're about to talk about. Yes, good lead in by Vince. So this will only, be another kid. Only if he had the best running back in the league, though. Well, true. Or a top five running back, even. I don't even know who his yeah. running back is, to be honest. No. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe I bet he's unprotected in the expansion uh-huh. draft that we talked about. <laughs> All right. So, like Vince alluded to, why Ryan Tannehill is good. And it's going to be another contested debate tonight. We're talking about offensive weapons. So we're doing top five offensive weapons ranks for NFL teams. So this isn't teams in general. We're talking our skill position players that center around the quarterback that make the team better and give them firepower. So five each. We got our normal triangle back. Um, we'll see how it goes. I Like I said, I think it'll be contested. You guys ready? Yeah, yeah. Five down to one. Yep. All right, I'll start first. At five, I have the 49ers. Watch George Kittle's coming back. We both, a lot of us think that Brandon Ayuk is going to have a breakout season. They have Debo Samuel as well, and they have a three-headed monster in the backfield. So it doesn't really matter who the quarterback is, San Francisco at five. Five for me is a team that I saw a lot higher on the ESPN or NFL list. Uh, It's the Cowboys. 
some may say they don't deserve to be on the top five at all. And okay, I don't think they should be higher than five. But when you have a wide receiver core with Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Blake Jarwin coming back, Tony Pollard, Zeke, I mean, they have weapons. They just need to use them the right way. Cowboys at five. Uh, at five, I have the Eagles. And more specifically, what I have written down is Eagles. Fuck you. I don't care. Eagles. Uh, they have Miles Sanders coming out of the backfield. Like like we said, underrated. I think he's, he's going to have a breakout year. Devontae Smith. I think Jalen Rager is actually poised for a breakout year. I think he's an actual Julio Rager. receiver. Yeah, Julio Rager. He's the, he's the next best thing to Julio Jones. Uh, and then maybe Zach Ertz. Definitely Dallas Goddard. Uh, it's a lot of weapons for Jalen Hurts himself as a weapon. Can't got to count him. I guess you can count his legs partially as a weapon. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, so I, I think the Eagles actually belong. Maybe they don't belong on this list, but I'm putting them at five because they deserve to at least be discussed. Okay. <laughs> at four, I have the Browns. People are sleeping on the fact that Odell Beckham Jr. is coming back. He missed a lot of last year. Jarvis Landry, one of the best possession receivers in the NFL. And Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. Is there a better tandem, running back tandem in the league right now? I don't think so. And they just signed Austin Hooper in the last offseason as well. So four for me, I was going to put the Browns there. Uh, just I'm like, But I, I went with the Vikings because I think Dalvin Cook is the most underrated running back in the NFL. He is elite. He's a freak at what he does. Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson's only going to get better. Um, and just those three guys are good enough to be in the top five. You don't even need – like it doesn't matter that they just lost Rudolph, their tight end. So um, Vikings at four. I also have the Vikings at four. I don't think I could say any better than you said it. Justin Jefferson broke everyone in Philadelphia's heart by being very, very good, and that's about all you can say about that. That's true. Very good. Very good. Fast. Linear strider. (laughs) All right. At three, I have the Chiefs. They have the best tight end in football. Tyreek Hill is an inarguable top five receiver in the NFL. And then I think McCole Hardman takes the next step with Sammy Watkins out of his way. So at three, I have the Chiefs. Three, I also have the Chiefs for the same reasons that you said. They weren't on the list that I saw from ESPN and the top five, which confused me. They still have six. Yeah, yeah, they're six. Uh, They deserve to be in the top three. They still have. They were just in the Super Bowl. Um, All they lost was uh, Le'Veon Bell, basically. So And Sammy Watkins. Yeah. Chiefs at three. Uh, three, I also have the Chiefs. We have a unanimous pick for once. Wow. Oh, boy. I think I, no matter who you put on the team, as long as Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback, it's going to elevate everyone around him to be the best weapons in the league. So Chiefs That's at three. Point. Yeah. All right. At two, I have the team that beat the Chiefs. I have the Bucks. One of my favorite combinations of wide receivers in the league is Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. We saw what playoff Lenny did, and they have Ronald Jones in that backfield as well. Uh, they are also – Gronk, I know, is past his prime, but they're also getting O.J. Howard back from injury this year. So they have quite the combination of weapons down there. Uh, two for me are the Tennessee Titans. Obviously, they added Julio Jones. A.J. Brown's a freak. Derrick Henry is unbelievable. Um, and they – show very much why Ryan Tannehill shot up the power rankings at quarterback is because of the guys he has around him. Nothing but studs. Titans at two. Uh, two, I have the Bucks. Uh Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. Easily top five in the league. Don't care what you say, but his weapons around him made that a Super Bowl team. 
All right. At one, I have the Titans. I think they really elevated themselves by adding Julio Jones and having a one-two punch. I think A.J. Brown takes that next step. I draft them in fantasy, so God only hope I do, that he does. And then also Derrick Henry in the backfield. I think if you're building a triangle of talent, it's really hard to beat Julio, A.J. Brown, and Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's all right. I, I, have, all right. I, have, I have made amends with my mistakes. With the, with the Tennessee tighten-up people. Um, so one for me, it's the Bucks. I could easily put the Titans there as well. I think it's one, one a, but for all the reasons you said, Aiden, why the Bucks are at two, that's why I have them at one. I mean, that, that wide receiver core is just unbelievable playoff. Lenny can turn it on. Ronald Jones is great when he wants to be good when he doesn't want to be. So the, the weapons are just awesome. Uh, number one for me. I have this is a little bit of a wild card pick. I don't know if you guys were expecting this. Uh, I have the 2008 Florida Gators. Uh, they had the Pouncy, the Pouncy Twins, Aaron Hernandez, Riley Cooper, etc. That team was really good at weapons. All right. Aiden, I have a serious question. We don't have to put this in the TikTok, but where do you think you would rank the Packers? So I think they are underrated. They do. I mean, safe. <laughs> <laughs> no um i think they uh, could be six no i don't think i'd put them six because i wrote down other teams i think if we're not joking i think i would have had the vikings at six I'd would the, the packers be top 10 um yes and it's the same logic used with patrick mahomes vince where as long as he's the quarterback it's going to elevate people as long as rogers is a the quarterback they're going to elevate Devontae adams uh, he's probably one of my favorite receivers in the league top two not two aaron jones is great um, I don't know. Valdez Scanlon kind of seems to be hit or miss every week. Yep. Robert Tonian, like, he, he seems to be like a guy who's going to regress in fantasy this year where he was just like high touchdown value. Uh, like eight or ninth without looking at everything. I'd agree. I think they have to be top 10, but six may be a little too high. I wrote down a bunch of teams and they were not one. I had the Cowboys written down before I had them. Yeah, I mean, I think the Cowboys and the Seahawks. So by that logic, six Vikings, seven Cowboys, eight Seahawks, they'd be ninth. I'm putting them ninth. Yeah, I think I would have Browns six, Seahawks seven, Packers maybe eight, eight nine. Yeah, I agree. There you go. I agree. Um, all right, that's all I got. Oh, I'm- at the end of the, uh, just to tag this at the end of the episode, we we got a new drop, like a, a new drop. We have the we have the cocks drop, and now we have old? for whenever we yeah for whenever we need that. I thought it might come in handy, like these. Yeah, that's not exactly. old. That's just poor. Mm. There's no movie called Poor. I'm so. old, I'm not poor, but I am old. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that was fun. I'm excited. Football's back. Camp is here. Cowboys are here. Hard Knocks is almost here. Our one-year anniversary birthday party, almost here. I'm excited. There's a lot of things going on. Tune in next week. Jerry Springer might be on the show. You never know. Chris Hansen here, and I'm going to need you all to take a seat right over there and check out Birds vs. Boys. I think you're completely right here, and I hate it. Hey, idiots. Stop doing dumb things. I got to... Upside alert. Upside alert. I might go insane. I think you're already there. There's no hope. 
Hope is gone. If this was an AFC North podcast, we'd be done in 15 minutes. Bob Hope. I'm going to drink bleach. Keep the team you promised me you were going to be this year. This is the Consciously Hopeful podcast. I'll be watching.